I open up this box and I, dude, I'm as fucking dumb as it comes when it's, when it's uh, doing this kind of stuff. I'm like the guy who's like, Hey, I'll just plug it in and you do the rest of the hard stuff. Right. Outliers, to a very special vault thrashing edition of Misery Point Radio. I trust you're enjoying your new year so far, attempting to keep up with all of your unobtainable New Year's resolutions, and staying motivated to convince your social media friends that you are, in fact, going to be a better person this year. It's alright, I'm not judging you, any more than I already did anyway. And while it's always good to look forward to the future, sometimes you have to take that trip back in time and revisit the past where your deepest, darkest secrets lie in an attempt to breathe new life into remnants of things that rest in the vault. And you know, today we did just that. A little bit of digging up the past so that we can once again look into the future. You see, today's guest, Ray Curry, is once again someone who's been here before. And last year he hung out with me to talk about his band Outlier. We talked all things Outlier. We got the full story on how their epic album Taste of Blood came to be. And during that conversation, we discussed their debut album, Provoked to Anger, and how he was never really happy with it. And so it was placed in the vault until it was ready to be, once again, unleashed upon the world. And now that time has come. On January 3rd, Outlier released their new EP, Thrashing the Vault, which is in essence a modern retelling of a fable from long ago. Also worth noting that Ray and I originally chatted back in December, so you'll be hearing us talk about its future release, but it is here, now, as well as some other tasty tidbits of some other cool things to come. So join me on this time-traveling quest as we dig once again into all things Outlier. Okay, guys, welcome back to Misery Point Radio, and I am here once again with a very special guest who's been with me before, Mr. Ray Curry from Thrash Band Outlier. Ray, thanks for hanging out again today. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, Mike, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, my friend. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the Outlier camp. Lots to talk about. But I guess first, let's dig into the immediate awesomeness. You know, last time you were on, you had talked about revisiting some history, giving us a new and improved taste of Provoke to Anger. And now with the launch of your new EP, you are actually delivering on that promise. So let's get us the gory details, brother. What's going on with you guys right now? Yeah, cool, man. Uh, some fun stuff for sure. Um, we, uh, I think, you know, as, as you said, the last time that we had talked, um, you know, I had mentioned that we were, uh, thinking about selecting a couple songs off of that uh, provoked anger record that's um yeah basically vanished from existence uh <laughs> with pur- with purpose there um but uh yeah so we went back up to the studio with uh Jamie King who you now know as well mm-hmm. um and uh you know I talked to Jamie and I said hey you know we think we have you know maybe four songs from that uh from that record that are you know still relevant today you know we play shows um you know locally here and there that uh you know, people would, Hey, what about that one song? You know, you know, I haven't heard that in a while. You guys, you know, going to play that tonight. And, you know, uh, especially at our level, you hate to not give people what they want to hear. Right. You know? And, um, so, uh, you know, so we just continued to talk about it. Um, I talked to Jamie, I said, you know, would it be, uh, 
you know, something that's too obscure for a band at our level, um, you know, to go back and kind of re not even remaster, but just kind of retool some songs that are only, you know, four or five years old. And, um, you know, to, to really showcase them, uh, with the talent level that we have within the band now. And, um, so Jamie was down with it, um, as well. And, uh, we went up there and we recorded, I think it was, uh, uh, there, there's four proper songs on the, uh, you know, on the EP, um, which will come out, uh, January 3rd, uh, 2020. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I think they sound good. We really, you know, we went back and, um, you know, we re-recorded, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the vocals, the bass, the backups, you know, you know, fix some things. Did, it did a lot of things that just didn't make sense, you know, um, uh, you know, to give that stuff any, uh, credence any longer and really just, you know, let people hear the songs the way they were intended to be heard and, um, you know, put some surprises into the stuff. Uh, now, you know, made some changes, you know, Anthony's vocals, um, are, are so much better than what was on, uh, you know, that provoked, uh, uh, LP. And, um, you know, he's been the, the face of the band really, you know, um, live. And so, uh, it was really important, uh, to give him the opportunity to make those songs his own. And, um, I think he did a nice job. Yeah. So thrashing the vault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a cool name, by the way, because uh, I mean, yeah, it, cool. it evokes it evokes you know, a vault, you know, something that's that's locked away, which you have intentionally locked it away. And, and now you're you're going back to it. You're tearing it up. And so it's, it's a perfect name. I just thought I'd let you know that I thought that was badass. Yeah, that's cool, man. We were uh, we were thinking about some things and, you know, initially, you know, something that kind of kept coming up was, um, you know, let, let's go back and, you know, people say, hey, rehash. And I said, what about rethrashed? You know, and we kind of like that. But then we said, well, you know, and then we said, well, these songs are kind of from the vault. So, you know, obviously very easy to figure out, um, you know, the artwork, the packaging, all that kind of stuff is pretty cool. And, um, you know, when people see it, uh, um, you know, we, we asked some, uh, you know, some of our biggest fans to, you um, send us some pictures, you know, they've been kind enough uh, to support, uh, you know, purchasing different merchandise and that kind of thing. So we made a nice little collage in there that uh, I think people will really enjoy. And, you know, that's really a testament to the fans uh, from our end, you know, without them, obviously it's so cliche, but it's so true without them. We're, we're, we're nothing, right? Just you and I are talking and nobody's listening, <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, maybe one person will listen this time, but, uh, um, welcome but no, to the life know. of a podcaster. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, we wanted to make sure that the fans knew that, you know, this is, this is for them way more than it is for us. And, uh, so we think it's going to be fun. You know, we've got a release show, uh, um, coming up, uh, you know, to properly release the record, um, you know, both in the digital world and physical you know world and then play a show and, you know, play these songs. Yeah. And speaking of merch, I mean, you guys put together some pretty badass pre-order packages. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, that's, that's something that, um, uh, you know, it's just kind of a part of the game, right? You know, um, uh, you know, we are fans ourselves, not necessarily of, of our band, but just, you know, fans of other bands and merchandise and all those kind of things. And we certainly uh, appreciate the support, um, you know, the people who come out and buy the stuff and they're proud to wear it, um, you know, and really advertising for the band. Um, and, you know, so we just try to do stuff as, you know, competitively priced as we possibly can and just give people uh, something that they're, you know, they're happy to spend their money on, you know? So, uh, yeah, no, the pre-orders went well. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice because you basically get the upfront money to cover the, uh, you know, the cost or, you know, a significant portion of the cost on the yeah. front side. And, you know, and, and we like to put everybody's names and the special thanks that, you know, jump on that. It's just, you know, it's cool. I know at, me as a fan, 
Uh, I've done that in the past uh, for a number of bands, and I've always uh, enjoyed doing that. You know, it means something to the band for sure, and I can speak firsthand that it does for us as well. Yeah, super badass. I'm a uh, I'm waiting on my faceless enemy thrash pack as we speak. So uh, <laughs> it's on the way. It's on yeah. the way. Yeah, sure. awesome. So you talked a little bit about it it being kind of not just a remaster, but a full reworking. So when did you guys officially start the process of going in and actually re-recording the tracks? Yeah, so that was, um, I guess it was uh, early, it might have been early 2000, uh, no, we're in 2019. We did it in 2018, believe it or not. And I think there was some thought that we said, hey, you know, uh, do we release these as just kind of singles? And, uh, you know, and then we just kind of sat on it. We had some cool things that happened for us uh, since the last time that we talked uh, that got in the way of us trying to actually put a package together and give this a, you know, a physical, f- uh, format release, uh, instead of doing the, like the singles and, you know, uh, downloads and, and what, what have you, um, uh, you know, so, so yeah, so, you know, believe it or not, it was, God, I guess we were in the studio, uh, you know, almost coming up on, yeah, probably a year and a half ago with these. And, um, and it was funny because we were in the studio for thrashing the vault and we were preparing to release Taste of Blood. Okay, so that <laughs> so, that was kind of what I was getting at. I was like, it yeah. seems like there was some crossover, and you had two different <laughs> concepts going on at one time there. Yeah, and and Taste of the Blood was in the can, you know, for a while, um, and uh, you know, and we wanted to make sure that that was really our, you know, uh, statement record uh, that represented us as well as it did. We were playing the songs live before the record had come out, and um, so you know, um, and then it just so happened that just like. You know, sometimes the way that these things work between shows and, you know, different, uh, um, you know, different situations that have popped up, uh, we say, hey, let's let's go through. And and really, we thought about it internally. We said, let's let's put Taste of Blood out. I think it was in the summer of 18. Um, and then we thought, hey, let's put out this EP in 19, um, you know, and uh, and then we just said, well, you know, as much as, t- you know, Taste of Blood is a little bit worn out on us, um, you know, it's really not worn out on the fans at this point because they it's they've only had it for a short period of time. So we, we just thought we'd kind of be shooting ourselves in the foot if we put out this, you know, EP of, uh, you know, um, songs that we went back and, you know, basically rethrashed really. Um, you know, we thought it'd be, be kind of shooting ourselves in the foot if we put that out um, too early in 2019. Yeah. And then, you know, through 19, we had some couple dates that uh, it just didn't make sense. So we said, hey, you know what, let's get this thing set up and Let's do it literally as soon as we can in 2020, which is uh, why we selected January 3rd. Okay, awesome. So so this material, how long has it been officially finished for as far as the recording process goes? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, the recording itself, like I said, I think we wrapped up in the studio, you know, at the very latest, probably mid-year 2018. Okay. And, um, uh, and then Jamie and I uh, kind of went back and forth and, you know, um, it's fairly typical for me to listen to it, you know, a hundred times over to a point where I, I hate you the record. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, immensely. And, um, and so, and then I, you know, and then I sit here, I just put it down for a little bit and then I just go back and there's certain things, you know, obviously with the, uh, advent of pro tools over the years and that kind of thing. So it's nice to just say, Hey, you know what, turn this down, you know, remove this, do this, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, I want to say that he and I put the real finishing touches on, uh, what people will hear. Um, I, I guess probably, late summer of 19. Okay. So, so, you know, probably four, four or five months ago at this point, you know, and, uh, we just decided not to put it out until January. So, you know, but, so it's really been done for, let's say four to five months, but 
the us in the studio component, you know, yeah. it dates back to 18. So you've been sitting on it. I mean, has this just been an itch? Like, God, I can't fucking wait to release <laughs> this thing. I know it's uh, ready to go. Yeah, it's been an itch, but not as much of an itch as Taste the Blood was. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's been an itch just because really um, what we want to do with Outlier present day is we want to kind of, um, you know, I know we've got some pretty big shows coming up and we can get into that, but yeah. we uh, we kind of want to take a, a little bit of a break really and just focus on writing what we consider to be record number two, but, you know, in proper release form, you know, it'd be number three. Um, and, and, you know, really just start to showcase a lot more uh, of what I think uh, exists within the band now. You know, a lot of kind of, you know, master of puppets inspired dual harmony type guitar stuff you know a lot of, a lot of those kind of things yeah, and, which i already you know, told you before that i fucking love that stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it, it'll be interesting and uh, we'll do some of that stuff with um uh with these songs when we play them live you know there's going to be more uh, i didn't have a second guitar player uh way back when i did these originally so it's nice to have rick in the fold um and and know that he's fully capable of doing the stuff with me so i'm excited about that it's actually giving this stuff new life but um so, yeah, so to answer your question, you know, sitting on it for a while um, and, uh, you know, uh, thankfully it's it'll be out here soon enough. And we're really going to work all through 2020 with hope to get into the studio in early 21 yeah. uh, to put out record three. Yeah. And while you're that's that's so awesome. Uh, while you guys were recording this, I meant to ask you also. So you you redid um, the vocals, you redid some bass tracks, but you didn't really do anything as far as like the the guitars or the main drum parts or anything. Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, I, I, as I've told, uh, you know, anybody about this that I've spoken to on the other side of it, um, I, I just kind of felt like it was almost like, you know, a jigsaw puzzle was put together, glued and framed. And then we decided, you know, if we decide to go back and, you know, redo the drums and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, Adam is so much of a better drummer than uh, the original drummer who laid those tracks down. Uh, but, um, you know, it just didn't make any sense. It was, it was honestly, it was throwing good money after bad. I thought, you know, sure. uh, or sorry, you know, maybe throwing bad money after good. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, I just didn't think it made a lot of sense to go back, um, and, and have him basically match up with what he's doing. You know, he does things a little bit differently, of course. Um, but it wasn't significant enough to say, Hey, let's, let's go and do that because, Let's save that for the next record and show people what they see live. Sure. You, know? Uh, you know, so yeah, so that was really it. You know, bass for sure had to go. The person who was in the band at the time just wasn't the right fit and, you know, life goes on. Right. But, um, you know, so yeah, the bass stuff now, I mean, it's it's got the attack and Jamie and I talked a lot about that. And he said that was the thing that he was most excited to, you know, to uh, see happen for these songs. He said, because, you know, that there was never any attack uh, on that original recording. So now, you know, it's there. It's It's punchy, I think. Yeah, and so now that it's all re-recorded, he also did a full a full on remastering package as well. Oh, so certainly, it is a it is a complete brand new take on the material. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jamie and anybody who knows his work, you know, with between the buried and me and you know, contortionist and all every other band that he's worked with, um, he's got a standard of excellence that I think is fairly uh, uh, unsurpassed. Um, you know, I'm certainly biased uh, toward Jamie, but um, you know, Jamie. Uh, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, it, you know, it's basically, he just took this, you know, might've been a classic car, let's say. And he just took it through and said, Hey, I've got a lot of new tools that I can, you know, uh, apply to this. And that's what he did. And I mean, it just, it's got some ferocious attack in my opinion. I think some of the songs on this thing 
rival what's on Taste of Blood, really, oh. you know? Uh, well, he yeah. is the sixth member of Outlier, so... Uh, <laughs> no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Big expectations, I'm sure. And so now that you've got these uh, unholy tracks of Outlier past reforged in Infernal Metal, I assume that they're taking on a, a new life at your live shows. Uh, yeah, they, well, they definitely will. And in fact, uh, the first time that... Uh, well, I shouldn't say the first time, actually. There's uh, one. No, there's two songs that we've been playing, you know, here and there over uh, this past year uh, at some different dates. We say, hey, you know what, let's kind of preview these. And um, so we played them, but uh, um, they'll take on new life once this is officially uh, released. Awesome. And we're going to hear one of these songs right now. This track is called A Loss of Sincerity. Check it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, killer. Well, speaking of shows, so you got you got some big stuff coming down the pike here. Well, let's talk about your your uh, CD release show. Tell us the details on that guy. Sure. Uh, so we um, we've got uh, a show at the Lincoln Theater here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, great venue, sounds amazing. It's a really nice bill. Um, you know, there's some uh, uh, local uh, bands that uh, that are joining us. Um, so it's, it's five local bands, which is kind of nice, you know. And um, uh, there's a band called War uh, with a with an O, uh, W O R, um, you know. And uh, you know, kind of like Lamb of God, uh, you know. They've got some. They kind of are all over the place. Some thrash, some metalcore, some you know, all, all sorts of stuff. And uh, they're releasing a record as well, uh, I believe. So it's kind of like a dual release show. And they draw fairly well around here. There's some excitement around them and uh, really good guys. And then the other three bands, uh, Aragon, uh, Inanimous, and Among the Machines are three other uh, local um, bands that all play something a little different from one another. Thrash, Doom, you know, traditional metal type stuff. So I think it's a little bit of something for everybody. And um, uh, it'll be a nice way to kick off the new year. Oh, awesome. And then, of course... We've got your dream project coming down here in March with violence. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something that is um, uh, otherworldly. Um, yeah. You know, it was uh, something that, um, you know, you know, anybody who knows uh, me and, uh, you know, has followed Outlier and that kind of thing, they know that there's um, we we tip our cap to Bay Area Thrash constantly. And, um, you know, we're not, you know, a carbon copy of Bay Area Thrash bands, but I think uh, we smack of them in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we kind of have our toes in the water and death metal, thrash metal, and kind of everything in between, you know, things that just really have a, uh, a hook and some dynamics to it. That's kind of where we live, I think. And, you know, Bay Area Thrash certainly influenced all of that for me and the writing style that I have. And, um, uh, and at the top of that list is violence. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, strolling back to 2017 when, you know, news got out, uh, that Sean Killian, uh, that they were doing a benefit show for Sean Killian, the singer of violence, um, you know, went out there and uh, a really long, crazy story short, um, you know, got connected with, uh, um, Craig LaCicero of forbidden fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's got a great band called dress the dead that is uh, different from forbidden, but incredibly killer. Uh, I urge everybody to check that out once uh, that's ready. But, um, nevertheless, uh, Craig was cool enough to incorporate me into that. He knew that I was a big fan who I was a big supporter of, uh, um, Sean's, uh, fundraising, uh, you know, uh, um, activities, uh, here on the East coast. And, um, you know, uh, just was able to connect with a lot of those folks and, um, uh, did some, uh, benefit show here for Sean as well. Um, in 17 with uh, another, uh, band that, uh, actually one of Jamie King's bands as well, uh, gross reality, very, very good thrash. Oh, band cool. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, so, um, so we did that show with gross reality as well as Aragon. Now that I remember, and, uh, you know, we raised some money, sent it out and lo and behold, Sean gets a liver transplant. Uh, things are on the up. Um, and a year later, they do a couple of reunion shows in uh, Oakland, California that sold out in five seconds. Right. Uh, almost literally. And um, so uh, we went out there and it was a nice kind of reunion of uh, some friends that uh, we had made uh, in the last you know year plus uh, before those shows. And um, uh, so, you know, I was starting to kind of figure out that, you know, violence has got some uh, – um, some energy behind this right now and they're doing shows and, and it's not a, uh, um, 
what do you want to say, uh, a sympathy party, right? It's not, you know, going to see violence. It's like, hey, you know, they, they did okay. You know, it's okay for guys who haven't played together. I mean, you went out there, and this is me speaking from experience of seeing them in 1990 compared to when I saw them in 2018. And I will tell you, undoubtedly, they were better in 2018 than they were in 1990. And that's not me just being a fanboy. That's me telling the truth. Sean sounded amazing. Um, Perry, their drummer, sounded amazing. I mean, obviously, Phil, you know, uh, you know, is great and well-seasoned. Uh, you know, his days with Machine Head and obviously Violence. Uh, you know, and then Dean and Ray. I mean, it, they, they just sound amazing. So I just started to kind of kick the idea around in, um, you know, to late 2018 about what would it take to get them to Raleigh? And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like there's, uh, a, you know, a, a fairly decent uh, thrash following here in Raleigh, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, you know, Tampa, Florida, all these kind of areas that aren't too, too far from here. Um, and so I wanted to, um, uh, see what it took to get them here. And, um, you know, fairly, uh, decent friends with Sean's wife, uh, Dana, uh, through all of this over the last few years. And, um, you know, I told her, I said, Hey, you know, maybe pass a message to Phil and see if he's got some interest in maybe coming down to Raleigh and what would it take? And we just, you know, talked some business and kicked some dates around. And then, um, uh, and then Sean and I, uh, you know, got on the phone and really hammered out the details to make that happen on, uh, Friday, March 20th, 2020, uh, you know, set for, uh, um, you know, a local bar here called the poor house, which is, uh, you know, holds about 300 people, let's say, um, this show, it's, it's selling well, uh, this far out in advance, which is very encouraging. Um, and, uh, we, we expected to sell out, be a full capacity show. Um, you know, just, it'll take a little bit of time until we get closer to the show, of course, but, um, uh, excitement level seems to be high. Everybody I've talked to around here, uh, and, you know, we're going to be the direct support to violence. Um, and I've also put uh, grocery reality on the bill. Uh, we really wanted to um, represent the Raleigh thrash, uh, you know, uh, as best as we could. And, you know, people that were literally around when violence was playing in 1990, you know, yeah. uh, no, no slight on anybody who's you know bringing up the new thrash brigade, brigade and all that. But, uh, you know, this is a show for uh, you know, everybody who is, um, who grew up and lived through those times and, you know, was able to really, uh, appreciate what's happening here. So, um, uh, you know, I, I wish I could put so many other bands on it, but it would be a, you know, a, a three day festival with violence at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, uh, no, so we're, we're excited and we think we're, we think we're doing, um, the proper thing here and, um, uh, you know, by having the bands that are on the bill and just, um, we expect it to be a, a fairly successful thing and hopefully put Raleigh on the map for a lot of uh, big shows to come. Yeah, it sounds killer. And I think the way that you put it to me when you had initially told me about the show was that this was a lifelong dream for you to have this show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I'm, you know, I have to pinch myself, you know, uh, here and there, uh, realizing that, uh, you know, that I'll be sharing the stage with these guys, you know, but it's so much bigger than, you know, just me for sure. But, um, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm glad to, you know, be in a position to, uh, you know, to pull this thing together, you know, my business background and, you know, just being in the scene for 30 years, you know, uh, uh, kind of knew what buttons to push and, you know, want to make this a lucrative enough deal for violence, but also, uh, you know, put Raleigh on the map and, you know, who knows, maybe they come back around, you know, next year, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's not a tour stop, right. It's a one-off show and, you know, uh, that that makes this really unique. You yeah. Know? Um, and so doesn't, didn't you tell me that they've never actually played in Raleigh before? Uh, definitely never in North Carolina, um, and uh, more than likely uh, um, not many times, if any, in the southeastern United States. So, um, you know, they they had some 
you know, business dealings, I certainly don't want to speak for violence, but, uh, you know, they, they had some business dealings back in the, you know, the time when they were, you know, kind of hitting on all cylinders and, you know, probably went left when they should have gone right, so to speak. And, uh-huh. um, you know, and so, uh, and this is all chronicled in their, uh, you know, DVD, I think it's called blood and dirt. And I think it into it. it's fair, fairly personal stuff, but it says, you know, that, Hey, you know, we didn't make the best decisions at the time. You know, we're a bunch of young kids and stuff, you know? So, um, uh, I don't know that they, uh, I don't know how much touring they did in this area. So a lot of people, when we've told people about it and they're hearing about, uh, hearing about it for the first time, they're just like, are you serious? Like I've seen this, you know, on different threads, the violence, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the hyphen, the one with that. the hyphen. Whoa. <laughs> so, you know, it's really funny that I, I, I talk about this with a lot of people, but you know, what's, what's old is new. And there's just this huge resurgence of bands that, have always been around, but they may not have been as prevalent as they once were. And then all of a sudden 2018 rolls around and heavy hitters are, are they're back in full effect and it's awesome. And I remember when, when violence was out and they kind of got buried, I think in, in the, the heyday of that Bay area thrash, cause there was just so much stuff happening, but I would say that they've achieved what I refer to as cult status for sure. Um, just one of those yep, bands I, that never, never got the recognition they deserved worldwide. But every time you hear about them, people are just always just singing the praises of this band. Yeah, it's uh, you know the only polarization I think that that band ever experienced was um, Sean Killian's vocal delivery. You know, um, you have to keep in mind at that time that there were bands like Nuclear Assault, uh, yeah. you know, you know Forbidden, all these kind of different bands that were out that some people loved the vocal delivery, like myself, mm-hmm. and other people hated it. Right? You know, sure. and. Uh, you know, and the people I think that dislike, you know, violence vocals are in the minority, but there are some people that's like, ah, it's not for me. But I've never once heard anybody say, ah, I don't like the music. I don't like the band. I mean, it's kind of like, man, violence is awesome. I mean, you look at the threads and, you know, the shitty people that comment on uh, Blabbermouth and all these kind of you know, <laughs> uh, garbage sites or whatever, you know, that right. everybody's got something to fucking hate. And, um, uh, you know, but I will say, which is astonishing to me, because I was reading all the different posts you know, everybody's always trying to be some jackass funny guy who has no sense of humor. But uh, uh, but I'll tell you, every violence post on Blabbermouth, there was not one person who had shit to say. I mean, and that's astonishing today. Right. You know, granted, you know, violence is not disturbed popular. Right. You know, but nobody's in these, you know, you know, chats. I'll just read through and uh, look at these comments and nobody's saying I fucking hate that. man. they suck or whatever. <laughs> so it's really, you know, to your point, I mean, I think they're a cult status band and. And, you know, uh, and, and, you know, let's hope that they, this, you know, uh, gets them fired up to maybe release some stuff. I mean, cause these guys, they have the chops to do it by all means. You right. Know? Um, they're, they're not playing watered down shit. I mean, these dudes are, they're in it for sure. And they're, you know, they can't tour because of their personal lives, which I can totally, uh, appreciate, but, um, they pick their spots and the spots are killer. Every show they're playing, they're selling out all of the shirts and we've got some cool shirts playing for Raleigh as well. We expect the same. So it, it you know. It's, it just made all the sense in the world, and we couldn't be happier to be a part of it. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't going to dig into this, but since you brought it up, just regarding you know, his vocal style, which I've always liked, but you know, that era was so experimental, and I think that's really where metal started dividing into so many subgenres, because he had thrashed, it had the screams, right? But then you also had the thrashed, it had the, it was half singing, it was like the Chuck Billy who could do the vocals, but could sing the clean, and then you had, you know, uh, Bobby Blitz from Overkill with the shrieks, and then you had Joey Belladonna with his high-pitched stuff, and then you had all these guys, and then, you know, Russ from Forbidden doing all this stuff, and, and it just, it went so many different directions, and that 
that's actually what I liked about that era of thrash because it, it had a lot of different flavors to it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and I think, um, you know, another band I'd throw in there, um, you know, somebody I've gotten the opportunity to uh, um, get to know a little bit, too, is uh, is Heaven, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, you, know uh, you know, Dave um, is an absolutely killer vocalist. As a matter of fact, I think they're in the studio right now. I'm, I know they are. They're in the studio finishing up uh, a record right now, which I just absolutely cannot wait for. But, uh, you know, it was funny you mentioned that. I remember you know, being young and saying, okay, well, that band's a progressive thrash band or that band is a power thrash yeah, band yeah. and that band's proper thrash, like all those kind of things. And, you know, and you look back and I mean, I think that was the best thing about that time frame. is you, again, I'll reference nuclear assault. You know, you had bands like that, that had just a delivery that nobody could touch. Right. And some people hated it, but most people fucking loved it. Myself yeah. included, uh, you know, and, and you don't hear that as much anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's more of an aggressive, you know, Phil Anselmo inspired, uh, you know, Randy Bly, Lamb of God inspired type stuff. And I know, you know, you know, our detractors, you know, will blame us for that. But man, it just fits with our stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that was awesome. Everything was unique. There wasn't 100,000 bands. There were only, you know, 120. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, it's it's definitely become quite saturated, and which which makes it all the more difficult for you guys to get out there and, and book venues and, and play shows and be able to keep it going. I mean, we all know that this is not where the money is. That's for sure. People do this sure. for as a passion project, and I, I love to yep. see bands that have been around for a while still doing it. And uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely killer. So, um, as far as Outlier goes, uh, you know, so with the new EP, uh, the new old EP, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to call it anymore. Is it new? Is it old? What the fuck is it? You know, yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and you know these new shows. You so you kind of touched on it a little bit, but then uh, so we're looking forward to you guys writing some new material. Is new material officially in the works? There's, um, uh, there definitely have been, uh, some riffs, um, you know, some, uh, uh, very, very, uh, um, what do you want to say? Uh, Bush league recordings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just, um, you know, start really fleshing things out at this point. And, uh, um, you know, everybody in this band, uh, believe it or not, um, plays the guitar, all five of us. Holy shit. And, um, yeah. So, uh, we've got some different, uh, points of inflection, you know, uh, I can tell you, you know, sitting down with, um, you know, our drummer, Adam, uh, showing him some different ideas that I have. Uh, and he said, Hey, you know, what, what do you think about this finishing point? You know, and he grabs my guitar, uh, you know, and starts playing it. And I, and I realized, I was like, wow, like if this dude, you know, 10 years ago, if I met him, I would ask him to be the other fucking guitar player in the band. I mean, he's that good. So, you know, um, uh, so everybody has a different point of inflection. And so I'm really, really, interested uh to see what this stuff's going to sound like I, I would say on the surface i think there's a little bit of a concerted effort to maybe write songs that are uh a little bit shorter um not that you know i taste the blood was long right it was 60 minutes but yeah that's kind of an homage to you know again master of puppets you know i think the record was the same thing it was you know um and, and you know it seems as though the songs end up kind of that sweet spot for the tunes is usually about six minutes or so let's say and there were a couple that were longer I think this record, uh, we want to attack more than we did on Taste the Blood. I think there's some really aggressive stuff on Taste the Blood, uh, you know, but I think this one, I think there's a different level of attack that we can bring. And, um, and you know, we, we know each other better and we know our strengths and, you know, our weaknesses, I think. And, um, you know, we're just more comfortable with, with each other naturally. So I think the writing process, uh, although it's early in the game, I do believe that it will um, uh, start to manifest itself. And once it starts coming, I think it's going to keep coming and, 
you know, like I said, we would love to have an entire record written by the end of the year. And I've talked to Jamie about uh, setting time aside in 2021 to get back there. So that's definitely the focus uh, after the violence show. Um, you know, and I would expect we've got a couple of things that we're kicking around in terms of whether we want to uh, participate, um, you know, throughout 2020 in a couple of different shows. Uh, we don't want to oversaturate ourselves. That's big for us. Um, you know, uh, people have choices. They they don't have unlimited amounts of money to spend. Um, you know, so you got to pick your spots. You don't want to go out and play the same nine songs that you did, you know, two months ago. People are like, ah, I saw it two months ago. And, you know, uh, it, it loses its luster, not just for the fans, but for us as well. You know, we want to share something. But uh, to that end, we also don't want to go out and play eight of the new nine songs that hit this next record, let's say, and play them live all throughout 2020 and then recording 2021. We, we want to keep the surprise there this time. Yeah. Well, it needs, it needs to have some form of feeling still new by the time it comes out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe you could do some, uh, some violence covers, you know, to kind of tide you over <laughs> until, uh, until that stuff yeah. drops. So it's yeah. interesting. Interesting. Also, you mentioned about everybody playing guitar in, in your band. I think everybody playing, I've run into this now quite a bit where bands, are cross playing their instruments quite a bit. And it adds to the writing dynamic to be able to say, you know, nobody hates stuff more than when somebody else comes up and says, you should do this fucking drum part. And your drummer's like, fuck you, you don't play drums. And then all of a sudden you go, well, yeah, actually let me show you this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you mentioned uh, your drummer is a fantastic guitarist. And, and I had the same situation back when I was playing years ago, when I was jamming with this dude. And one day he says, let me borrow your guitar. And I handed him my guitar and I'm like, motherfucker, you're just better than me. It was kind of pissed me off, actually. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, and I guess that whole just the dynamics of drummers specifically, they just are so keen on the multitasking element. They can just do so much. But I love the fact that that you guys can all kind of actually illustrate and show each other different parts and bounce those things off and, and have it come from the place where it actually makes sense rather than have your singer go, yeah, so hit hit Tom and go, do, 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 yeah, do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it all too well. It's, uh, um, you know, and it's so funny. And actually, I think within our band, I, I don't know about Cisco and uh, Anthony if they play the drums as well, but I know Rick and I also play the drums. So, you know, and that's always a fun conversation with Adam. Adam's like, fuck you, I'll do what I want, you know, and, uh, um, but, uh, you know, in jest, but, uh, no, you know, it's, 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 a there's cohesion there. And I think everybody is saying, Hey, like, how do we write some new stuff? And, you know, just, we're just waiting for that, you know, switch to, uh, get flipped and, you know, it, it's tough to say, Hey, let's, let's not focus on writing, uh, um, you know, when, uh, we've got a couple of these really special things coming up, right. With the, uh, uh, you know, the album uh, or the EP coming out, uh, doing an EP release show, uh, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, outside of the violence show, I don't know that we're going to play in Raleigh again for the rest of 2020. Um, so, uh, and, you know, it's kind of our plan, really, unless something special comes around, if there's a national slot that needs some, you know, decent local support or what have you. Uh, but outside of that, I think our goal is to really just do exactly that, just play these couple of shows um, and really just you know, hunker down and, and write, you know, we've got the talent in the room, let's get it going. And, you know, uh, I think people will enjoy it and we're looking forward to it probably more than our fans. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're gonna fucking hear this when it comes out. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. It's So this isn't one of those things where you're, you're sitting on the new album already, right? You're not, you're not teasing me with that. <laughs> no, it's already, not, it's already done. Really. It's already ready. You guys yeah. are just going to wait yeah. a year to release it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we've had uh, too much of that for the last two releases that we're, we just don't ever want to do that again, you know? And uh, 
So yeah, no, this is definitely uh, it has not yet been written. You know, there's a lot of uh, like riff diarrhea. I'd say, you know, there's like, hey, <laughs> I've got this, I've got that, and uh, you know, but um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I wake up and you know, grab my phone and and sing a riff into the phone. It's that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, um, you know, and then I'll pick it up a month later and be like, oh shit, I forgot about that riff, you know. So that needs to become like B-side audio excerpts of you singing riffs into your phone that you release as like <laughs> extra Patreon content or something like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're super serious though. We don't we don't do stuff like that on records, you know. Yeah, of course not. No, no, of course not. You know. <laughs> so you've got this plan, loosely based anyway, plan for what you're going to do for 2020. And I know I'm probably thinking way far ahead, but. Have you started thinking about again, maybe introducing some guest musicians into the fold for this upcoming project? You know, there's a couple people that uh, I wanted to work with. Uh, we had that crazy instrumental uh, on the last uh, record on Taste of Blood, and um, and I did a lot of those uh, guitar solos. And you know, I'm a decent player. I'm not a virtuoso dude, and uh, would never pretend to be. And so I was like, man, I could probably put like six or seven guys on this that really can make this thing just super cool. Right. You know, give everybody just this hodgepodge of solos and stuff. And, um, uh, you know, and so, uh, so yeah, so I think, um, there's some people that I've got, uh, in mind to reach out to, um, you know, potentially, uh, but it may, uh, it may not even be in the form of, uh, guitars this time. It may be in the form of, uh, you know, dual vocal lines. Um, oh, sweet. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, um, you know, I certainly, uh, I, I've got those ideas. I, I've just got to hear how it would fit. I don't want to do the, you know, the Max Cavalera, you know, Soulfly model where, you know, every album had a, you know, uh, a guest vocalist or three and, you know, people, it, it becomes a, there's a number of different polarizing opinions on that, right? People sure. think, oh, you're doing it to, you know, make yourself, uh, relevant uh you know and basically sell your record based on some some person coming on the record and doing something but that's not it for us at all it's just like hey who would be cool to work with and you know are they interested in doing it and you know some people like to do that they're like hey i'd like to be a part of this you know band that not a ton of people have heard of and they're like but you know we kind of dig it and we like them so maybe get somebody on there to do some cool vocals yeah you know i was going back just a couple of weeks ago i i uh found some old uh, the James Murphy solo albums, um, and I was listening. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to those, and I was like, "Holy fuck! I forgot Chuck Billy was on there." And you know, there was just so many other cool people that were involved. And I just so I, I for one, am a fan of the different directions that some of those take. It's different when you're a solo artist because people kind of expect that. So yeah, you definitely don't want to to overstate it as as a an artist where you're focusing on your own material. But uh, Faceless Enemy, though, just saying that uh, that song <laughs> still sounds fucking killer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh James uh James Murphy, right? Yeah. Um, what 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 could be said about James that hasn't already been said? Uh not not really much of anything. So uh <laughs> uh J- James is just uh you know, he's obviously he's been my idol uh you know forever. Um you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to to know him uh you know on a personal level. He's he's I would consider him a good friend. Um you know, every time I hear that solo, I just remember what it was like uh you know, uh listening to him lay that thing down and you know, I've got some uh uh, uh, some old uh, FaceTime videos of, you know, seeing him flesh some things out. And, yeah. You know, uh, it was, it was always cool to just, you know, I, I haven't watched them obviously in years, but uh, 
um you know it's just i mean the guy is just amazing and that that just sounds killer um and uh yeah. like I, well i was I just him. listening to it before we got on on the horn so i was yeah. like oh yeah it's just it just sounds really good so cool well i uh i for one am crazy excited about what you guys uh have in the works of course uh, i will continue to be a supporter what haven't we talked about did i miss anything i feel like uh I just this there's just so much to talk about with what's going on with you guys. Uh, what else do we need to plug for you? You know, uh, you know, I, I just think, uh, you, you know, obviously you've done a great job of, you know, everything in terms of supporting us. You know, Mike, we, you know, we, we love you for it. We love Misery Point Radio. Um, you know, you do so much for so many uh, bands on the up and. Um, you know, I, I, our, our great buddies in False Prophet who are just knocking the fucking doors oh. off right now. You know, direct support tour with Obituary. I love those guys. I'm, I couldn't be more proud of them. And, um, uh, you know, so uh, uh, that that being said, you know, we, we owe you all the thanks in the world. But, you know, in terms of uh, our stuff, you know, people can check us out. You know, obviously we're on all the social media norms, you know, Facebook, all that kind of stuff, uh, Instagram, whatever, um, outliermetal.com, uh, you know, and uh, we've still got, uh, you know, we've, we didn't do a ton of uh, physical copies because, uh, you know, people unfortunately not buying CDs as much as they used to. But uh, Buy CDs, uh, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's cool, right? You can get people to <laughs> sign them and all that shit, you know. But yeah. uh, geez, we just went up to the Death Angel show in Richmond, Virginia. I bought everybody's CD up there just because, you know, it's cool. It sends, sends a band down the road. But, uh, yeah, no, you know, I just think uh, 2020 is, uh, is an interesting year. I think there's some interesting things always going on in the Raleigh, uh, North Carolina area. You know, the metal scene is, is, is alive and well here. There's, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, camaraderie, a lot of bands going on here. And obviously the violent shows is a, is a, is a monster one for us. Um, and, you know, just, uh, obviously pay attention to the website, see if there's any kind of updates, you know, we'll, we'll you know, we'll probably have our way of sneaking on some, uh, you know, some national shows coming through here throughout 2020, but, we're really looking forward to just putting our heads down and getting this thing going um, and, uh, you know, just, just kind of seeing, seeing what it sounds like. We're, we're as excited as everybody else could possibly be. So, again, Mike, thanks for everything, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, check out outliermetal.com for some killer merch. Check out their Facebook page. Check them out on the Instagrams. Social media stock them. You can still buy physical stuff, and you should. So, as always, Ray, thanks again, brother. It's always cool to talk to you. And anytime you got something to pimp out, you know I'll pimp out your shit. So, Hey, Mike, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there you have it. One more pile of awesomeness brought to you courtesy of Ray Curry and Outlier. Do yourselves a favor. Go pick up the Thrashing the Vault EP. And for fuck's sake, go see them live March 20th in Raleigh, North Carolina with Metal Legends Violence. And of course, do me the solid. If you like Misery Point Radio, please subscribe to the show, share it on all the social media stuff, and do your part for the world. And now, this track, Faceless Enemy, featuring legendary shredder James Murphy. Now, raise the top, fair, catastrophe, strikes, leave me your